Industry Insider is only available at Promo Corner, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Each Monday, they discuss, dissect, and debate a single issue impacting the world of promotional marketing from every industry perspective. Now, it's time for Promo Corner's Industry Insider. Welcome to another edition of the Industry Insider Podcast, your promotional products podcast where you can get all the nerdy news you need to know about. My name is Jeff Franklin, National Accounts Manager with Headwear USA, and joined today by three other lovely folks. But before we get to them, I just got to tell you guys, this fine broadcast is going to be brought to you today by TechWeld. Uh, USA made in a world filled with worry regarding overseas products. They offer many USA made products to help separate themselves from the promotional product pack. Uh, you know, they've got uh, some, some excellent custom packaging, uh, you know, at TechWeld, they like to create new every day with their custom packaging division. Uh, and it's a great example that each day or each box takes on a life of its own uh, and they can really work to meet your custom specifications regarding packaging, which is pretty awesome. Um, another thing that they really uh, are really killing uh, right now is the, uh, their, their kit initiative. Uh, you know, they've got their, their come kit around initiative with uh, eight different stock packaging for their kits. They've got an EVA bag, a PVC tent pouch, PVC tube, an organza bag, the pillow pouch, the BTL 202, which is a 30 ounce tumbler. And they've also got those awesome retro lunch boxes. Uh, not many players in the industry are focusing too heavily on kits, which really allows them to hone in on the market with these products and then really expand upon uh, their already vast kit line. So uh, if you haven't already, go check them out for sure at techweld.com, T-E-K-W-E-L-D.com for more information. Uh, why don't we say hello to Meg Erber? Meg Erber with SNS Activewear. How are you? And that was the weirdest wave I've ever seen. It's also oh. the weirdest answer to a question. Stephen McFadden, how are you? I'm doing great, man. How are you? <laughs> Wonderful. Nailed it. We're also joined today by Andrew Langsom. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing wonderful for a Monday. Yeah, a special, special guest today from uh, it's Dynamic Advertising Solutions. And uh, what we're going to be bringing to you today is basically uh, building partnerships through, through a pandemic, one impression at a time. And, uh, you know, we're, we're told by a few birdies that uh, Andrew here is a, a perfect guest to have on to discuss the topic. So really looking forward to diving in and, and, uh, and really just getting into it. But, you know, it's customary around here, Andrew, to, to really allow our special guests a good three to four minutes to introduce yourself. Tell us, uh, tell us all things, Andrew Langsom, how you got involved in the promotional products industry is always a great place to start and uh, what you've been up to since. Oh, awesome. Well, Jeff, thank you so much. Meg, Stephen, thank you guys so much for having me here. This is exciting. So a little bit about myself, uh, Andrew Langsom. I'm the CEO of Dynamic Advertising Solutions. We have had the good fortune of being in business for over 18 years. This started as a college project back senior year in college. Um, I was actively involved in the nightlife scene doing club promotions and one of the things that I started doing in that scene was bringing on sponsors. As I began to bring on sponsors, they started asking me to provide promotional items, whether it was apparel or blinky buttons or bottle openers, whatever those items were. And uh, as a uh, young business person, I basically said, sure, I'll help you out. And what did I do back then? As soon as I got a request, I went and found a local organization that could source it. The organization that I went to to help me out uh, he was a uh, very boisterous fella and told me about all the wonderful things he was doing in the industry and how great everything was. But the challenge that I had with him was every time I placed an order or every other time, something came back incorrect in that order. 
And I'm like, there's got to be a better way. So I sat down one day with my college roommate and I said, listen, we're doing these promotional requests. We're working with this guy who, who is operating this business, who cannot get our orders correct. Why don't we figure out a way to start our own business? And uh, after a Vegas trade show and bags and bags of catalogs, uh, Dynamic Advertising Solutions was born. So it was a really incredible start. It was an arduous beginning. You know, we really worked hard for three years um, to really get ourselves off the ground before we got some name recognition in the Washington, D.C. area. And then, um, you know, seven years after that, and in, in, in you know, around 2010, we ended up moving back to Philadelphia. So we still keep an office in D.C. We're here in Philadelphia. We have our corporate headquarters here. We have a 32,000 square foot warehousing and fulfillment facility. Uh, we have a 10,000 square foot screen printing facility. And at the end of the day, we have, we've been able to grow and find success because of not only our team, which is the most important factor, but also our clients that have really you know, been a part of, of our growth. I mean, we have clients that have been with us since day one that have really believed in what we're doing and stuck with us. So, you know, the facts are, is we're just a really blessed organization. We're really, really fortunate. Tremendous. So with the, um, you know, with, with the topic in mind, you know, building relationships through a pandemic, one impression at a time, why don't you uh, just, I guess, touch on like what, what you think that is? Like, why don't we define that? Like, how, how would you, I guess, just a general synopsis, like what would you consider that to be? You know, how do you build a a partnership one through a pandemic, especially one, one impression at a time. How many times do you read that question though? I mean, so we were really, really fortunate because when the pandemic hit, we had, uh, we had a team of people overseas that were doing a lot that were managing our overseas production order. So we had two, two inspectors that were there. And as we were doing jobs, they would check everything out and make sure everything was good and handle, help us with our logistics. And so when the pandemic hit, our, our business, literally March 15th, like March 16th, our business dropped by 90%. So we're sitting around in my office mm. and we're stressed out as can be, but we started receiving phone calls from our clients asking us if we could get them masks and other medical wear. And we were like, why not give it a shot? Yeah. So because we had the team in place, it, it gave us direct access to these factories where a lot of people were going through multiple channels and multiple layers of people, we were buying direct. So as soon as we started delivering, um, the word of mouth, you know, traveled, you know, all throughout Philadelphia and, and actually nationwide because we were doing business all across the country because we were actually delivering product. There were people that were talking about product and there were people that were actually delivering, you know, a simple thing. You know, we we brought in over gosh, we imported millions of three ply masks. We brought in millions of N95 masks. We were bringing in hand sanitizer when people couldn't get their hands on hand sanitizer. You know, we were bringing in hand sanitizer by air, which, you know, in the industry, you can't bring hand sanitizer in by air. But because of a couple of relationships that we had, we were able to do a lot of these things. So because of our access and our team that we had in place, the word of mouth referrals just kept going. And at the end of the day, we were transparent with people. If something was unrealistic, we let them know. Or if it was something that we couldn't do, we steered people in the direction to at least try and help them accomplish what they needed to do. So that transparency opened up a lot of doors. And even to this day, there's customers that we didn't do business with that are now reaching out for other projects. 
you know, you guys were authentic in that process and you were transparent. And those are two things that you needed to be able to pivot. You have to have the resources and, and in a pandemic, when everyone is scared to death to have somebody that's being honest and, 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 and transparent and authentic to them, that's what they needed. And I think the last time I saw you actually was January of last year. I came down to your national sales meeting. Um, and I, from what I was like doing some research on everything, I think you guys announced that day that you were going to focus more on, I think, giving back to your communities and then like yep. your growth was not going to be based on your financial commitment at the end of the year. So tell us a little bit about that, a little bit about that. So, yeah, thank you for bringing that up. You know, when you start a business, why, why do you start a business? You start a business because you want independence, you want to make money, you want to support your family, all these, you know, all these important things. And to be completely transparent, you know, Chuck and I, when we and Matt, when we started this business, we wanted to make money. We're like, let's just make a ton of money. And then all of a sudden we're making money and we're like, okay, this is cool, but now what? Now we're all making money. We can all pay all of our bills. Our kids are going to school. We're doing what we need to do. What's next? And so then we're like, wouldn't it be awesome if we could build a team of people that could all be successful on our platform and we could give them our tools and educate them and have them do the same thing that we're doing. And then we did that. And then we're sitting around and we're like, all right, guys, we're successful. We're doing things right. How do we, how do we create more feel good feelings? How do we grow on this? It, it shouldn't be about us anymore. It should be at the, about the longevity. When I'm not here, Chuck, when you're not here, Matt, when you're not here, I still want DAS to be here. How do we create that? So we came to the idea of why don't we make this business bigger than ourselves? Why don't we focus on, you know, on areas where we can help people get jobs where they may not be able to get jobs? Why don't we look in areas where we know people get regularly overlooked when they would have the skills to help us, you know, grow our business and be a part of a bigger team and, and feel like you're being included in the organization. Feel like, you know, it, it's not, when we do our annual meeting, it's not a sales team trip. It's a whole company trip because the entire company helped us get to where we are. So those are things that are really important. So as the organization has been growing, the focus and the entire team has gotten behind, how do we do more for others? So last year we acquired this warehouse, a 32,000 square foot warehouse in East Falls, which is, you know, in a part of Philadelphia, it's less than three miles from our current, our, our current headquarters. And part of the programs in that warehouse are going to be helping people get back, get into the workforce or get back into the workforce. And those are going to be individuals with disabilities and individuals that may not have the same access to opportunities that we have. I read, is that what your guys call the opportunity zone? Is that what that is? It's maybe you're helping out what you just said. I was, I was, but yeah. So, so where this particular property is, is also in an opportunity zone. So that is, there are programs mm -hmm. in the city that actually encourage you to come in and create jobs. And so that is something that we're doing. You know, that is a big part of where we're going. When we started with this warehouse, we had three warehouse associates. We're up to seven full-time warehouse associates. So we're going to continue to grow uh, as we as we streamline our systems and create more efficiencies. Then we're going to also bring in those individuals with disabilities. Um, you know, we're going to be working with a partnership with individuals with autism that have independent skills. So they'll be able to drive there and participate. 
but we're going to be streamlining and working with them to really, you know, create an inclusive work environment. Andrew, that that's all, that's amazing. Um, I, one of the things we've been talking about internally is, is just different ways to give back. And you guys really hit the hammer on the nail. I don't know what the phrase is. You know what I mean? Um, you know, with the talent portion. So we've people a lot of times focus on just the financial component of things, which is great, but you know, there's really, you know, talents, time and treasure, right? You can give of your time for volunteering your treasures for, you know, donating, giving back. But the talent portion, I think, is the biggest part that our industry misses, you know, whether it be to provide jobs, to provide spaces, you know, for people to have meetings, um, even just your expertise on certain things, all, you know, either free or, you know, you know, pro bono or whatever. And you get, it seems like that's really where you guys have focused. Um, I don't know if you have any specific examples or stories um, beyond maybe with a customer or, or something that you care to share, but I'd love to hear some more examples of that. Well, you know, I, I appreciate you bringing that up because my challenge that I find in this industry is that the generation that I'm from and the older generations are, are used to good old fashioned hard work. And the challenge that I found is as we interview some of the younger people, they're looking for these base salaries and, and they want less, they want lower risk. They, they want the reward, but they want lower risk. And so we found that it's been a little bit harder to recruit those, those individuals. So we're focusing on some of the things that they, that they value, they treasure, you know, which is, you know, flexibility, community, you know, doing more for others. And that's helping, a, helping our organization culturally to attract people because, you know, we don't have starting salaries of $50,000, $60,000 when you come in our door. So we try to make it up in other areas. So that's just with our team. But then when it comes to things like the community, when the pandemic hit and we had access to these masks, we were importing, you know, we were importing uh, hundreds of thousands a week at it. You know, we, we, had, we had a lot of product coming in and out of here. And one of the things that we started to do is, um, we ask that all of our salespeople, and honestly, non-salespeople, at least get involved with two nonprofits, something that you care dearly about. It doesn't have to be something that, you know, a broad spectrum item. It could be a local, like we, we had a couple local Roxborough, which is the area, you know, we're in Maniunk, Roxborough area. We had a couple local Roxborough, cha- you know, uh, charities that didn't have the resources to buy masks. And we said to our team, guys, you're involved in these nonprofits. Why don't we just start donating some masks? Who should we donate to? And then we went around and and guys started giving out, you know, a thousand masks here, 2000 there, 5,000 here. And we just started giving away masks and it felt good. And then we, we did get some publicity because we had a really large donation that we made to the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. And the reason we made that donation is you know, I, we had a lot of people that Children's Hospital was near and dear to, but it's really easy to give somebody a thousand masks because there's, there's not really, you know, how much does that really cost you? You know, it's not a lot of money. But when you give away almost a hundred thousand masks, there's a major financial component to that. We, our goal was to give so that we felt it as an organization. You know, this was, that was the largest gift that we had ever done. And our team really rallied behind it. And, um, it felt good. It felt good. It felt really good. So I've heard you talk about importing quite a bit, especially when I asked about building the partnership. So I guess my question to you would be, where does 
and I guess it's a little bit off the topic, but where does importing fall in with building your partnerships versus, you know, working in with your supplier partner? Like how, how do you balance that? So I can even answer that for him. <laughs> I mean, from what I, from my, yeah, I work there. No, no I mean, I think that the what the one thing that DAS does a little bit differently is they treat that their supplier partners like family. I, I'm not even exaggerating. They call me family. Actually, one of the guys that works there is one of my neighbors. Like we have a phone. He's like, hey, it's family. And actually, SNS has this um, this event every year. We haven't had it now in a year or now two at the end of this year. But um, I had a bunch of my customers there, and for the first time, I felt like I was in a room full of a bunch of ex-boyfriends. And I was like, they're all gonna see that I'm dating each other. And like, within two seconds, I hear Joe saying, no, Megarver's my family. And then I hear, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, it's happening. Oh, sorry, I almost died, but yeah. They treat their supplier partners like they're their family. And and I think it's like the, the give take, it's just the relationship. Like I can call them for anything and they can call me. And I think having that relationship with the salespeople um, has benefited the partnership in general. And I, the other thing I will say about DAS is that a lot of people come in there and they see that the sales team is a bunch of younger people and they write it off completely. They don't give them the time of day. They don't even give them the benefit of the doubt. And they're just like, eh, and then they leave. But that's what they're missing out on. These kids are brilliant. They are smart. They are ambitious. They have drive and and I think, Andy, you picked people that were like you, like you wanted that, or you were that when you got out of college, you started this business. And then the team that you, that works for you is very similar to that. And I think, um, and when I was talking to Joe, he said, now they're, they're trying to kind of grow from that and hire people with books this year. But I mean, that, that's from the partnership from when I see it. Like, I didn't even know you guys imported all that stuff. Like I didn't, it didn't affect me because our business has grown tremendously over the last couple of years. So that's my, my take on it. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, Meg, Meg I, I appreciate that. And, and it's so funny that you bring that up. But just as a simple example, you know, our our, um, our uh, inspectors that we have overseas, you know, we have a holiday weekend here in the States coming up and we're all off and we are giving them off and we're paying them to be off. And, you know, overseas, that's not customary. You know, you don't get paid when you don't work. And so the appreciation that they feel when you do something like that, and to us, it's not really a big, for me, that's just normal. You, you know, you bust your hump for us all during the year. We have holidays that our office gets off for. You're entitled to those same holidays. We're going to continue to compensate you. If you other holidays that you need to take off, you take off. Our motto in our organization is, you know, we're going to treat you like an adult until it's time not to. So, you know, just like when people come in here, you know, they see a lot of young people and, you know, when we hire, we don't really care what your resume says. What we care about is how did you make us feel when you came in, when you sat down with our operations team, when you sat down with our design team, when you sat down with our CSR team, when you sat down with our team and then you leave and we quickly round up, the first question is, how did that person make you feel? Because if people are a good cultural fit, we can train them on anything. So that, that's, just, you know, that's just how we operate. 
So Andrew, what's uh, what's the future look like for you guys? Do you guys have any, um, I know it seemed like a lot of the initiatives were inspired by the pandemic and the, the stuff you guys were able to get, uh, you know, having those, those resources. Now that, you know, maybe some of that is dwindling, you know, some of the PPE type of necessities, do you guys have stuff kind of planned moving forward where you've realized, you know, this is awesome. Let's keep doing it with this new thing, right? You yeah. guys have anything in the, in the works or in your minds? So, you know, we have been so blessed that we were able to make it through the pandemic the way that we did. Mm. And our main clients, their business dropped off substantially. You know, we had our main client drop 75% of their business. The good news is, is that all of these clients came back with a vengeance and have started ordering. And so this year they have budgets left over from last year that they're spending this year. And our business is in a really good place right now. That's why we're, we're actively looking. Meg had mentioned that we're looking to buy books. We're looking to buy companies. We're looking to recruit. We really want to grow and we want to, we want to share, we want to share our culture and our community with others. We want other people, we want other people to see what we're doing and be a part of the bigger picture. Awesome. Do you guys have any, uh, any other questions before we launch into rapid fire regarding the conversation today? You know what, did any new type of customers come from this? Like I know what your, your background, what your niche was, did anything come out of, of pandemic that you like a new different, like maybe construction or any type of different um, niche, I guess, come out of this? Um, so we started working with some nursing, with some nursing home and care facilities. Um, we also randomly uh, started working with some cannabis companies. So if you can believe that, how that came about, I mean, we don't even know how that came about. It just happened. You know, that, you know, we helped a couple people out and, and literally word spread, you know, that we were there doing this, you know, and, and they had a need and we were able to satisfy it. But, um, you know, those are a couple of the, the places that we've seen pretty substantial growth. I mean, that's really big right now. It's being legalized everywhere. It's providing a lot of income. I think the pandemic really propelled that into the, the legislative because of the amount of income that it brings in for the state. Yeah. So, yeah. You want me to kick it off? Yeah, go ahead. All right, all right, all right. So, rapid fire today. All right, what was the first concert you? All right, Stephen. Good question. <laughs> go ahead, Meg. What'd you say? What was the first concert you attended? Oh. I'll go first. Meatloaf. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so this is probably bad that I don't really know, but I used to work for a parking company and I because I was not of the age to work past nine o'clock, I was able to go into all the concerts once I got off work. So I went to like a hundred concerts, um, like all through high school and stuff. And I don't think I went to one before that, other than like a Sesame Street Live or something when I was really little, I'm sure. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm pretty sure Godsmack was my first concert, but I don't remember if it was just Godsmack, if it was Godsmack and Metallica. Um, Cause I, I know I did that one, but I can't remember if that was the first experience or not, but that was my answer. What about you, Andy? So uh, back when I was in high school, I had a friend that was interning at power 99, the radio station in Philly mm -hmm. and do a thing called powerhouse. And uh, I ended up going and seeing Dr. Dre at powerhouse which is pretty cool back That's in the day. Cool. 
That was cool. So the Meagle concert that I went to, it was actually supposed to be Jodeci, Father MC, and Mary J. Blige. But I don't know what happened. And they're like, oh, well, now all we have is Meatloaf tickets. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> That's basically the same thing. <laughs> I mean, exactly. It was also Fox 97, if that tells you anything. Andy oh. remembers Fox 97. <laughs> no, all right. My, my question, NBA or NHL playoffs? NHL all day long. NHL. Well, until like yesterday. Um, I have to go NBA because we're printing a job right now for the Wizards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm NBA too as well. Yeah. yeah exactly. They're paying the bills right now. Paying bills, yep. <laughs> NHL, I think, is better from start to finish, but I get more excited about NBA in the late rounds. Yeah. I think is my assessment. Good question, Jeff. That's what? All right, Jeff, what's your question? And let me tell you. Uh, man. Um, all right. So, favorite thing to cook on the grill? We cook everything on the grill. Yeah. So, favorite thing. That's the question, Meg. I think chicken. I think chicken takes on all. It's not as good unless it's on the grill, it just improves it the most. It's going to be. Where I'm gonna go. Sweet. Go ahead, man. Well, I would. We 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 use well. We have a smoker. We don't even use our grills. But um, the smoked a whole chicken. Like we brine it. We smoke it. It's amazing. Also the ham. We bring ham to every like family of <laughs> Thanksgiving. They're like, bring your ham. <laughs> Interesting. How about you, Andrew? <laughs> uh, you know, we try and cook everything on the grill. Uh, but favorite, favorite thing. Um, I love doing chicken wings, but also asparagus on the grill. Getting the yeah. marks on there, getting a little crispy. Nice. That's actually a really good point. You know, uh, like a good uh, corn. corn on a cob is yeah. actually really good, oh, yeah. really good on the grill, actually. Um, now, my favorite thing, honestly, is probably like, um, I mean, I'm going to go just classic burger, man. It's like the best thing to grill. <laughs> All right, uh, Andy, what's, what's, your, what's your question for us? A rapid fire today for me, too. Um, your favorite type of cheese. <laughs> That wasn't given at all. <laughs> uh, pepper, pepper jack all day long. It's the only kind of cheese. White American cheese. I'm so vanilla. <laughs> I just like American cheese on everything. Probably a really sharp cheddar. <laughs> and uh, I, I enjoy a smoked Gouda. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Very nice. Well, you know, if uh, if you're looking for a smoked Gouda promotional product company, uh, yeah, that was my dad joke of the day. Uh, check out Tech Weld. <laughs> uh, look, USA Made in a world filled with worry regarding overseas products, they offer many USA Made products to help separate themselves from the promotional product pack. Uh, you know, a Andy, you mentioned hand sanitizers. Uh, my boys over at Tech Weld, they they got some hand sanitizers, and uh, you know, due to coronavirus outbreak, this is something that's uh, obviously trending worldwide. And the CDC recommends sanitizing and washing your hands to help prevent the spread of the disease. 
uh, and they've got many sanitizer SKUs that could help combat the spread of the virus. Uh, they're also FDA compliant. Uh, they got plenty of FDA compliant products uh, in their in their uh, vast range. And uh, you know, in a time of uncertainty, knowledge that a product is FDA compliant is key in allowing a customer to feel at ease when placing an order. So go check them out at techweld.com. And again, that's T-E-K-W-E-L-D.com. You won't be sorry that you did. Boys and girls, uh, really appreciate you guys being on. Andy, uh, it was really nice to have you on and, and to go through the, the, the topic for today. Really appreciate you sharing your wealth of knowledge. And uh, for the rest of you, thank you guys as well. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week, guys. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Promo Corner's Industry Insider. For more great content from industry thought leaders, including podcasts, blogs, and videos, visit promocorner.com.